Next Chapter Podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through that 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to new Hundreds more to go and in need of a friend The king of peaceful Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end with my man J.M. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. I woke up alone. I didn't know where I was at first, just that I woke up in your arms. Fucking run. God, I know so many so many dudes that do this, but that's not what it's about. It's by Liz Fair from the 1993 record Exile in Guyville. It's also number 327 out of 500 on the 500 with Josh Adamize. What's up, party people? What's up, you doogly spooglies? You guys fucking rule. I love you guys to death. You know, we keep on living, man. We keep on living. We keep on giving. Big shout out to everybody that came to see me in Arizona. Man, I had fun. I got some uh, Gilbert. Gilbert Mejia. M-E-G-I-A. He listens to the show and he said to me, don't ever stop doing this. Um, So I won't. Uh, You can find me at the Comedy Cellar most nights, The Stand. I'm here in New York. I'll be in L.A. March 24th. First, we're doing a Shimmy Shimmy Ya, and April 3rd, we're doing a big goddamn comedy jam at the Comedy Store for the 40th anniversary of the Comedy Store. Maybe it's the 50th. I'm not sure, but make sure you just go to joshadammyers.com for tickets, uh, at Josh Adam Myers on all social media, and subscribe to the uh, YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash Josh Adam Myers. And our Patreon, guys. I know you are out there, Fleece Army. I know you support the show, but help support this show. There are people that work their butts off. We need your money. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. Liz Fair. Is she fair? I think so. Liz Fair was an artist that I wanted to write off. I wanted to write this album off. I didn't really think I was going to have a fucking great time listening to it or recording this. And then I dug in. And when I dug in, man, did it hit me. Uh, My guest today was somebody that I never would have expected them to be the person that I am doing this podcast with, the one and only Ari Shafir. You know Ari from his multiple specials on uh, Netflix, Double Negative, uh, his Comedy Central special, uh, Paid Regular. Uh, You know him as the host and creator of This Is Not Happening, from Skeptic Tank, from Rogan, uh, from Comedy, from Kobe Bryant. Good dude. Good dude, solid dude, Maryland boy, 
Love them to death. This was a fun one, man. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pods. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website that I hate more than anything in this world, the500podcast.com. Well, 327 out of 500, Exile in Guyville by Liz Fair. I'm an Irish affair. Ari, Ari, bringing mayhem. He is Ari. It's not bad. Very monotone. That's how this album is. I know. It's crazy. So, I guess the first question I want to ask you, which is probably not the best way to start this podcast, but is yeah. that Liz Fair's nipple on the album cover? I don't think so. I think it was blown up. But, but uh, take a look at that and tell me here. Hold on. Yeah, because even even young and sick for your fucking thing put a little. I like, feel like look. I would have noticed it. Is it a nip? Yeah, it's a nip. For sure. I'm surprised I didn't. <laughs> How do you that. not notice this? Yeah, it's got to be. I'm shocked I never noticed that. How did you not notice? Well, first of all, all right, so this is what blew me away about having you as the guest on this. I have the record at home. It was way bigger. I- I'll look at it when I get home. You should have been blown. Yeah, that's, that would be the... Well, yeah, right. see, watch this. Watch it. I'm going to turn the sound down. It shifts. It's like a different picture. Watch. And then it gets bigger. See it? Eh, I don't know. I, well, first see, of all, it takes, I got it the... It takes pr- out the nipple, and then it puts it in on the, on the redo. Oh. You see it? See the shift? I do see the shift. I don't. I can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I got to look in the record. I'll send you the record. So, so what, what blows me away was when I was trying to figure out a record for you to come on. And we, we, I think I sent you the list and there were a few songs, a few albums on there that you were like, you were like, I could do the cure. I could do that. And then you said this one. And this is one of those records where I was like, because I had no idea how impactful this was until I started doing the research. Yeah. But you said this was one of your favorite records of it all time. It was one of my favorites. And I know when you're picking out everything, oh, look at that ball. <laughs> um, that it's going to be like Cure, I'm sure like that, man, maybe not. But let's say I liked, um, I don't know, Nirvana's Nevermind, which I do. Sure. You'll find other people that'll that'll do that. So it's like, I could, but if you want to get Rob Riggle to do that, sure, go ahead and get him to do that. This one, it's like, I'm pretty sure it, it's a specific time and place. You had to be in college in the early to mid '90s to really love this album. So, is that when you in got... white college too? <laughs> liberal arts, yeah, liberal arts college. <laughs> yeah, you had to be listening to Suzanne Vega and, and shit like that to really love this. Is this is Tory. that is that all shit that you were into? Were oh, you yeah. into the Dude, I, I, I got so I had a ton of music of albums, CDs, because I worked at the North Hill Service Desk, University of Maryland, and it was our job to log in packages. So we became quickly, we realized that we could just order packages to rooms that don't exist because we were the ones logging them in and calling the students like, hey, you live it. So we would order rooms to like broom closets, uh, 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 BMG, Columbia House. Yes. Uh, bathrooms had, had a room number. <laughs> and so it didn't co- coincide with anybody. So we would get to the desk and all our friends would just be like, hey, who's Anne Arundel? Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, you're from Maryland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And we're like, that's me. Hey, uh, who's Mrs. Fields? Like, oh, that's me, thanks. Anytime we heard a one-hit wonder on the radio. You ordered it. it it's ordered. And some of those would really surprise you, like the toadies and like, Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Like, that, where, like it's not just that one album. Matt the Hopple was like this was way before, but like I just got this album, Matt the Hopple album, where it's like all the young dudes. Oh yeah, which is great, a great song. The only one I know. But then you look at the back, and you're like, it's produced by David Bowie. 
So you're like, oh, and the album's actually really good. It just didn't take off for whatever reason. That was that that was the first record from doing this podcast that I like fell in love with when I did really? it. I was, oh my god! There's there's like six or I think Jeepers Creepers or or uh, Jeep. Fuck, I can remember the titles. Yeah, I never. Uh, titles one of the boys. Name, so. uh, oh, jo- a joke. Something Crocus. The, the fucking fans are gonna yeah. get pissed at me. But great record. Yeah. And but that was but it's easier now to discover all of that because you be, just p- push you, play on Spotify. Exactly. Now yeah. you're talking about what year? This was ninety. Let's say I graduated in ninety two high school, started college in ninety four. Went to a seminary in between there, yeshiva. So I didn't discover this when it came out. But when I got to Maryland, um, so I went to yeshiva university for a year. Oh, that would have been ninety four, ninety five. So ninety five. I went there for a year, lost my religion, then transferred to Maryland. Losing my religion. When was that? I remember that. That's I think I still had my religion when that happened. He wants to fuck a goyim. Yeah. It's not a goyim. Eem is the plural, but (laughs) the goyim. Um, Yeah, so I got into it later, but there was this dearth of like of like backlog of college rock that was just available. Tori Amos, I remember hearing that in 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 um in um Israel in seminary. This one I definitely did not. But there was a stuff, Suzanne Vega. Um, eventually, it, well, no, eventually Dave Matthews, but it was later. But there was this like backlog of stuff. G Love, where you already you got there and people were like, we've been listening to this for 10 years. Yeah. You know, this is college rock. So were you, were you and just, so this was that. Too. So were you just sheltered growing up? Like, yeah, was I listened there... to the top 40. It wasn't sheltered like uh, Hasidic. Okay. But I listened to the top 40. I listened to Casey Kasem's Countdown on Sundays. Um, and I just like top 40 until you get, you know, you get an occasional like older sister who's like, whoa, you like, what's this erasure? What is this? And it's like, it's a cool band. And you're like, okay, there's some cool shit out there. Yeah. But not till I got to college really and started listening to HFS. Yes. Delivering flowers and pizza. Yes. I really listened to HFS hard. And then I got into Green Day from Basket Case and, um, and uh, the, that Smashing Pumpkins album, 1979, whichever one. Uh, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. No, no, Wait. Way before that. That, no, that's got 1979 uh, that on. Right before so that. Gish, Gish, yeah, Gish yeah. is the Gish is the one that made them like cool. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then Siamese you, you would dream. hear that on the radio. I'm like, is this a girl or who's singing this? Because you know, it was like today is my friend. It's just like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this is alt rock, and I loved it. And then when I got to college, everyone already those people were cooler than I was, so they knew stuff. Also, we were very lucky, I think, to grow up in the Maryland area because we had three stations. Uh huh. We had uh, Q107. Well, I was even going to say that. I was going to say just rock music. I was going to say DC DC 101. We had HFS. That was the best. And then we had 98 Rock from Baltimore, which which was a little bit more of like the, you know, new medley theory of a dead man. At least that's what it evolved into. Yeah, it was harder for sure. So so was DC 101 was like rock, but also like classic rock. It was like split. Yeah. HFS was the only pure. Pure alt. Yeah. Which then, do you remember when it became La Risa? So annoying. (laughs) So annoying. Because it was one of the coolest stations as I've gotten older and started traveling more. I think it was one of the coolest stations in the country ever. There's one in Seattle. Sure. I don't know what it is, but I can't. But they they have sure. videos of but, live performances by these artists. Yeah, they had a festival, WHF festival. Yeah, it was just like 
anyone who was in WHFS was about to be launched in this next year. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I remember No Doubt. I was like, who's No Doubt? And it was like, by the end of that next year, it was like, they were massive stars. I always remember when they started playing Good Charlotte, only because I met uh, a girl that I, I started like dating. From, I met her at a rave, and she had just dated the lead singer. And she was like, this band, uh, Good Charlotte, yeah, yeah, he's in that. They're going to blow up. And I was like, nah, whatever. And then like literally like two yeah. months later, they were one of the biggest bands. So I got into Liz Fair from her second album. Which is, let me just double check the math. We don't have the guy looking it up Supernova. today, everybody. So, okay, yeah. So that was the one. That's the only, that's the first one I remember. And so that's when it was like Liz Fair. I'm like, well, how many are in the top 500? Because you know how you have like a, a, an emotional attachment to some songs yeah. and some albums? And you're like, well, which one is? The? And they're like, this one's 56. And the one I heard is not in the top 500. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, really? I don't know. I thought, I thought the second one was better. Not to get us off topic real quick, but this record, and this is what blew Which one? Me. Which one? This one. Exile okay. on Exile. I can going to keep talking. In Guyville. This, when I saw it on the list, I was like, why is this on the 500 greatest albums list? Because I only knew her from some, I think one of the hits from Supernova. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supernova. Yes, that was the one that I knew. So that's when she's shredding a guitar. I think she had this thing where this one, Exile and Gaiva was so dead, like monotone voice, very simple guitar, some piano, and even the piano, you can almost play with one finger. You can hear it. It's like, oh, yeah. dun, 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 dun. it's like, it's, it's intentionally uncomplicated. I think she was responding to some criticism with her second album because she shreds. She You're really, saying the next one yeah. is, well, I think she heard, wow, this is amazing, but also she heard some people go, can you even play? Can you even sh like? She came up as a Chicago music scene, so I, I think she was going like, "Yeah, I can fucking play well. I'm choosing not to." It's like a guy who plays a paints a white box on a canvas, mm -hmm. and I was like, "Do you even know how to paint?" And they're like, "Yeah, here's a photorealistic painting of fucking you know uh, downtown Paris." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I choose not to, so I think that's what she's doing. But but he, I think you're right about the reaction to this record to going on to doing the more electronic stuff, uh -huh. which what I, what some of the, I, I'm trying to find where I found it. Like a lot of her fans like turned on her from that. For that. Oh, really? For going into more electric because what I was trying to say was this record, not only is it on the 500 greatest albums list in 2012, in, let me find the you date. You, are you following the old one or the new one? I'm following 2012. Because you already started. I'm already started yeah, it, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And then 2020. Where did, move? where did this move? From where to where? Do you know? Are you ready for this? Yeah. This is going to blow. This blew me away. Let me find it. Uh, this went from and Before number... you even say, it, it should have been called the overcorrection list. <laughs> because they just went full on like black women, whatever. Oh, yeah. And it's like black, I can almost understand. Because they definitely... They definitely focus more on rock on the first one, which is fair. It's Rolling Stone, rock and roll. It was all white guys. It yeah. was all old white sure. guys. So like, hey, this. have we forgotten guys like Marvin Gaye? Like, that is technically rock. Yes, sure. I mean, we've got Beethoven too, but like, we're talking about modern music. Yeah. But with girls, it was like they were always available. Sarah McLaughlin was a was a household name. Tori Amos was a household name. So those I don't know be if they're on there. I do know that Fiona Apple has like every one of her records on there, which I love Fiona. So two, I'm like, okay, know, one, two. there you go. But but that but it's like they did not discover women. So for women to change places, like, what are you doing? Are you just running scared? The the list really became you know the hip hop of today and yep. like who influenced that. So but like the fact that they removed so many great records that I've already gone through and removed not saying completely completely off and then they put like all six of drake albums on there yeah some of those i don't pop, agree with sure. some of those i don't agree with it's but just pop his shit is he kills he has so many hits but like 
I mean, how many fucking, what's it called? I'm bringing sexy back albums, are there? On the list? Yeah, what's his name? Justin Timberlake? Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a pop machine, too. I don't know if he's got any on the new list. Probably. He's a hit machine. Probably the first one. So if you're going to put Drake on because it's a hit machine, put on Justin Timberlake. Put on fuck, you know, shit like that. I think they put the Drake on, and as we were talking about this, it made me start thinking. It's not so much that it's pop. It's this, that. You keep in mind, Drake came out 12 years ago. 12, 13 years ago is when he first dropped. Oh, wow. And because of where he did in 2012 or 2011, 2010. It wasn't on at all. Okay. It's, there was nobody yeah. doing what he was doing. And now he's influenced right, right. all the guys right. that so are it, making so records too, now. Influence is like a bigger thing. Sometimes you hear an album and you're like, huh? What, why is it so pop? It's like it was the first of its kind. You know, Hannah Gadsby's special. It's going to, you can like it or not like it, but like, there was nothing it's like going to go down in history. It's like, wait, what is this? It's very serious intentionally. So, so people later will be like, Hey, maybe some of these albums didn't nail it, but it, it broke ground, you know? So I think this was that. I don't know. It, it must have been because, and this is, do you want to guess? Do you guess this guess? So what this is, old place? so this is, this is, this is, what number are we on right now? Hold on. This is number, fuck. God damn it. I, I know gonna... the new number because I looked it up just to see what year it came out. So I saw the new number, but oh, I, you did. I, didn't, I didn't compare it to the old number. I don't so this one is 327. Wow, that's a big jump. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that's it is jump. it is number 56. That means it's in the top 100 records of all time. That's nuts. So what's behind it? On the new list? Yeah, what are the next 5? Hold on, let me let me find out. Give me a second. That's nuts. Give me a second. That's really nuts. I know I saw one thing like how could this be 56 and some like Bruce Springsteen album that I hadn't heard of is like way further down, but I'm like cuz it's not his main album. Well, Bruce, look, Bruce is, Bruce, Bruce is really, yeah. Why do you think that? Yeah, he's just like he's just lame. He's just fucking dude rock. It's just like he has <laughs> he's a, a working of songs. class hero, dude. I guess as not a working class guy. He's like I live in New Jersey, although technically I don't. He was, he was when he started. All right, here we go. So we're at. So I pulled it up. It was number fifty six. Yeah. So right before it. Yeah. Wow. What's right? Before okay, this? right before it. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Okay, so now what you're saying is, now this is, obviously we have a specific taste in music. You and I sure. probably overlap a bit. I, I think so. You, no, go, I, you I think, go more rock, I go more... Uh, well, I'm, I'm shocked that you are like a Tori Amos fan, yeah, yeah, a Liz yeah. Fair fan, like the Lilith fan. I like, which college, I, I like HFS. That was my thing. But you they probably weren't... probably a little more... more but Liz, which is true, yeah. but Liz Fair and Sarah McLachlan are not HFS. Yes, they are. No, they are not. Yeah, for sure. You think so? Yeah, a thousand percent. That's where I'd find them. I never, I swear to you, like on every- Sarah McLachlan was not hard enough for DC 101. Liz Fair, I could see, yeah, no, no, Liz Fair, yeah. like Sarah McLachlan, 100% not on DC 101 yeah. or 98 Rock. That's adult yeah. contemporary to a point. Yeah. I'm talking about HFSable, I could see Liz Fair being on there. Tori Amos, no. Ani DeFranco, no. Ani DeFranco, no. Ani DeFranco was two, was two out there. So, but but anyway, I'm saying, what I'm saying is, Dark Side of the Moon yeah. is, I, and I know I have a bias of what I was raised with, one of, I mean, I can see people putting it in their top 10 of all time. Oh, yeah. Dark Side is there is Pink Floyd's number one album. Wait, what's the other one actually? Oh, the Wall, the Wall. The Swish you were is, here. Yeah, Dark Side Dark, is a better is a better better album. It's way more, way more accessible. I heard an interview with him once. This is not to go off topic. And uh, it was the twenty fifth or thirtieth or fiftieth or eightieth anniversary of Dark Side of the Moon, mm -hmm. whatever it was. What some year? And the interviewer was like, "Did you know when you were making it, um, what it was going to?" What it was gonna do, like what kind of response it would get, and he goes, uh, 
yeah, it was genius. And I knew it was genius while I was writing it. It's one of the greatest albums of all time. What are you talking about? Of course people are going to like it. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time. A secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now. Now, they asked Liz Fair. Did you know the reception of Exile on Guyville? And she goes, no. She goes, literally, this is her quote. was like, I've done, I finished lots of projects before in my life. This was another project that I was working on. And I had finished it. I was happy to finish it. I had no idea it was going to be as big as it was. I don't think anybody but would. For those to be neck and neck, it's a, that's a wild It's list. wild. But, but they're distracting us with the numbers. It's like, you just love this thing or not. It the, doesn't really matter. The list means nothing. Yeah. I, I think, I think, I think. They can like, rank it at 2,000. They can rank it at two. It is what it is. And it's at it least, doesn't matter what they rank. It. I think they're saying it's it's on the list. The fact that it's on the list, it deserves to be there. The all which order it's in. Three hundred something's about right. I, and I that's love what this I album. think. Three hundred something's about right. I, I'm I'm fucking shocked. This jumped up to number fifty six. I mean, because so, she's not even a black. <laughs> she's definitely not a black. She's she's a very she's white, white white. Yeah. Uh, after that, on the new list is the band. The band. Okay. Uh, on the run. Then, no, dude. Then this is behind uh-huh. Liz Fair. Yeah. Led Zeppelin number four. That's got Stairway to Heaven on it. Rock and Roll. That's tough. Yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder Talking Book. I, I don't, don't know. I, don't, I said that one. I, I, you are I the know. sunshine of my life. Superstition. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then number no sixty. Uh, one week by Bare Naked Ladies. Okay, so now no, that's kidding. in about. Okay, so I was gonna be like, then the, the list makes a little more sense. That's also very high, but like, it is better than one week by Bernie Ladies. But okay, no, followed by uh, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison, and then you could go on yeah, and on. So it's some of these, some and of these things I don't really know, so I'm, I'm not mad at a Van Morrison thing. I've never been in a Van Morrison, so it's like uh, whatever he is in the music world is fine. It's not my thing. Why do you think this record? Yeah, is this high? I'm not even. I just. Why? I think they put on her a, and they do this to Michelle Wolf too. They put on her that she is a feminist icon, when in reality, because this album, you have to say this, was written as a track by track response to Exile in, in on, Main, on, Main on Street, Main Street, which I yeah. also have. I've been listening to both. There's a there's a mix on Spotify, your former employer, um, Dark Lord Spotify, Dark Lords, where it goes the first track of. Uh, Exile on Main Street, then the first track of this, then the second track of Exile on Main Street, then the second track of Exile on Main Street. Oh, wow. Back and forth, so you see the response. And in a few of them, 
I can tell. So I heard Ozzy Osbourne once go, one of my biggest influences was the Beatles. And you're like, how's that possible? And it's like, there's something musically that he's tuning into. Sure. Right? That, that I'm not. I'm not that in, you know? Um, uh, sometimes I can hear myself doing something like, oh, that's like a Kurt Metzger kind of thing. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, eh, I'm, there's something I'm clicking into. Is it sure. Coming? So occasionally on these, I could like, oh, there's a, there's a big organ that's repeated in the Exile on Main Street that's in this, you know, or just some sort of sound. But generally, it's lyrical, is her response. So, like, I remember there was one album, one track on and on, on Main Street, the Rolling Stones one, where it goes, um, it's all about coming into a town and just fucking shit up, fucking everybody's girlfriends, and like, and then leaving. And then her response was like, "Well, how is it in the Chicago music scene where you don't get to leave, you don't get to fuck shit up, um, and you just have to deal with the shit you've left behind?" Is that is that that's not is that fucking run? I don't know because that's as happy because I've got the responses with every song. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can listen ahead. to her stuff afterwards, but that's her. That's what she did. That's not what I took out of it. You know? So, yeah. So just for everybody, this is this is what I found. I found a really great article. There's about, some Rolling Stones articles, actually. Uh, yeah, there's there's one. I'm just going to give them the quote. College Media Network. I guess this is on the 25 25th anniversary of it. Well, that's on God. Um, so. Here we go. Guyville was touted during the original release and today as a song-by-song response to the Rolling Stones' number 72 double album masterpiece, Exile on Main Street. Though there is some debate on whether Guyville was actually arranged in this way or or this was merely a conceptual device created for marketing purposes, the album triumphs more than enough to stand as a cohesive, groundbreaking statement sands the hazy conjecture yeah so that that thing i i don't know if it was marketing or not because it took me a long time to listen to both of them i mean decades to get was, what do you mean to get through to get the the back and forth and until spotify came out where you could just get exile on, on main street i didn't find it i found it as a record six eight months ago yeah so i listened to it that way it's interesting the album covers are a montage of freaks on exile on main street and then one giant picture of a non-freak, a very cute Liz Fair. It's like it, it's it's almost a response, but like, but like that shit doesn't matter to me. It might have just been in her head. Like I'm kind of thinking about this a little bit. You know, it, it might not have been an exact response, but whatever got her to do it. The songs are great. So where did, where did I find? Because I watched an interview with her. Fucking Run was a great song. Fucking Run's a great dude. And, there's there's this is what's and funny. It's all lyrical. Dude, this is I when I put this on the first time. Yeah, I was like, I, two things popped my head. I go, I was like, Ari's really into this. I was like, I just didn't. I never would have assumed. Yeah, because I always like when all the music I've seen you really party to is either when we're doing the jam, you're rocking to the metal stuff and the rock stuff, or when we went to Bonnaroo and yeah. you fucking seen else. And I love that's, that's that's live music. Live for music, sure. you need to be upbeat, right? For and sure. So if you get to a, a band like this, let's just say you went to see Liz Fair in this day, you're in your seat for most of it. It's not what I prefer. <laughs> Can't take Molly to that. Exactly, no. you know? You can. You can take Molly to Liz Fair. Yeah, sure, but you're sitting there. You just can't move. <laughs> um, um, so it's just like, yeah, what I'm into for a band. That's why I'm like, if I get to see Bands of Horses, Band of Horses, I'm like, you better play at 3 p.m. You better not play at 9 p.m., motherfuckers. <laughs> you better sit there and play while I can lay on a, on a fucking blanket on, <laughs> yeah. on the grass. Be stoned, yeah. chill. Yeah, dude, yeah. Band of Horses is definitely Band blanket. Band of Horses, Carolina Story. There's like a, a, just like, be mellow if you're going to be daytime. 
So Liz Fair would be a great daytime band. What do you li- What do you listen to now? Just so I can get like a perspective. Like, of what do you? What are the bands that you're really into right I now? I would say Arcade Fire. But Love like, Arcade but Fire. Like LCD. I just went to see. Um, there's newer bands. I don't. I don't know. Courtney Barnett. Like, um, like Courtney. it's still HFS type music. It's still, but then we don't agree with what that is. So. Um, I, no, no, no. I'm not saying you're not. I'm not saying yeah. you're wrong. I just don't remember right, right, right. Sarah McLaughlin and Tori Amos. I remember. Tori might not have been. That's, a, that's, that's been. an artist that I never yeah. got into. Sarah McLaughlin. I got into it because also some of this shit is just like if somebody cool and older had the album, you thought it was cool. This is why the Latino thing. I believe that's why Latinos in Southern California love Morrissey. I think one cool, cool. Latino people kid, <laughs> yeah. you know, in like 93. Was like, oh, I fucking love this essay, and then was like, oh, fucking, <laughs> oh shit, man, Juan loves it, yeah, and then it just caught on from there. Uh, I, that's what I think because it doesn't make any sense why they have such a massive emo Latino fa- fan base. People have, uh, I think, who is this that broke it down? Um, they love very uh, Latinos are very emotional people. Oh, uh, you can see that the way that MS thirteen like lops heads off and shit like that. They're very yeah. emotional. They run by their emotions. Uh, and so, so Morrissey is the most in touch with his with his emotions than, than most artists out there. Right. And so they connect and they love love. So it all just like you know, if you listen to like Elvis Crespo or or uh, the guy that does Suavemente, it's all just about love. Right. All those crooners are just either about the cartel yeah, I guess stuff. That's what, that's what Morrissey is too. You know, and He's also emotion stuff. Also, they're into fucking pale fucking that's it you too. know pale. Like British guys yeah. that that don't eat meat. Um, but I don't, you know, fuck it, dude. It took me fucking you know forty years to get into the Smiths. Yeah, and, yeah, that's true. Me too. I got into him later. So, so. And I actually had tickets to see him with a chick, and then I broke up, so I had to scalp the tickets. And this guy was like, uh, offered me like 50%. I'm like, come on, man, it's sold out. He's like, well, it's in two days. Sorry. Take it or leave it. I was like, ugh, fine. Take it. And then I got a call because I put it up on Facebook. I got a, got a call from, um, I forget who. It's a huge Smiths fan? Yeah, just a, a comic. Aaron Lee. Oh, Aaron okay. Lee. Um, and he goes, hey, do you still, me and my wife are friends. Do you still have those tickets? I'll give you face value for them. I'm like, yeah, sure. And the guy called. I was like, "So can I pick him up later today?" I'm like, "I sold him." He's like, "We had a deal." I'm like, "Nah, you were shortchanging me." So I went around. Nice. Through. I don't have any allegiance to you, bro. <laughs> you, I, I asked you for face value at a sold out show, and you started to bargain me. So now you have no tickets. Yeah, fuck that, I already dude. told my chick I'm getting tickets. I'm like, that's something you should have to deal with. Yeah, you should have paid full price. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> why am I losing I money? To I get help why you you'd be out. upset. You thought you were so fucking great, bargaining yeah. me down on a sold out show, <laughs> and now look at you. You're divorced, hopefully, and childless. Why didn't you go by yourself? Nah, I was only into it because the girl was into uh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't even that into them. I go to shows constantly by myself, and I love it. I went to LCD but, uh, with Dan Soder, and then he had to leave to go take a dump. What? Ugh. <laughs> so I'm sitting there on my on my own, on, on not Molly, Mushrooms. Nice. Um, He was not. Maybe that's why he wasn't having as good a time, because he brought his chick, so he's like, I'm like, do you gotta do mushrooms? Like, no. I'm like, yeah, me neither. I just took them quietly. <laughs> um, you know, you don't have to tell everybody yeah, you yeah, mushrooms yeah, every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just for me. Also, you know, you you know how to handle yourself. You know how to, I know dose. How to handle you myself. Do- yeah. So it's like they ha- they would have no idea. You're just yeah. you're just in the music. And I'm jumping around, having a great time because we got this cool. It was a little lopped off, but it was right in front of a barrier for the VIP section, so nothing could be in front of us. Nice. The barrier, so I could jump up and hold on to that barrier. 
and then I'm jumping up and jumping up and down. I love them. And then uh, and they start singing like, where are your friends tonight? And I'm like, my friend is home taking a dump. <laughs> taking a shit. Because he fucking took, a, took out McDonald's all Wait, week. Well, yeah. I think I think the night that y'all went to go see LCD Sound System, Jay and I, oh yeah, dude, Jay and I, I, was it on a Saturday? Because I think we went to go it's see Saturday Pearl Jam or Sunday. We no, but we went to no, no. This isn't at Bonnaroo. I'm talking oh. about when you went to go see LCD Sound System. Oh. Jay and I, I think, went to go see Genesis. Oh really? At at the at Madison. Wait, no, because it was at Madison Square Garden. No, LCD so, was not. LCD is at Terminal Five. Oh well, then I think that was. I'm almost positive. Which talking about. The complete opposite spectrum where, awesome. where, you know, James is like up there, he's sweating, wearing the white shirt. The band fucking looks cool and they're awesome. And then Genesis, it was literally Phil Collins, like in a chair, like you could see him in pain on fentanyl. Oh, really? Oh, my oh God. My it was, God. it was, it was, I don't think we've ever been more excited and more let down for a oh, concert in our whole sucks. lives, that's especially sucks. from what I think he paid. You know uh, what I mean? Because it was like my, his Christmas present for me. And I was like, great seats. Oh, this damn. will rule. And then it just, Suck. People get too old. Well, let's get back to Liz Fair. We we're talking about LCD and whatever plays like that dancing. Oh, that's why because you can't dance to this. <laughs> uh, it's intentionally downbeat. I don't know. I I like alt rock better than rap. I never got into rap. It's not an issue, but I like lyrics and I can't understand the lyrics and rap. Same thing with screamo. I'm like, I'm sure there's music here. I, I if I can't hear the lyrics, I can't sing along with them. You know. Which like Derek and Moreau, they they like have heard the songs long enough that it was like yeah oh they know the the lyrics but I'm like I need to just be able to hear it. Is that what you what, so is that what you connected with as far as this record? Nah, like I'm, I'm nah, trying I was trying to yeah. get to the bottom. Nah, because- it's a sound. It's just a sound. Because a lot of times I didn't even understand it. Like oh, I was just listening to this again for this, and she's like, "This has always been going on." Fucking run. She's like pretty much saying this has always been going on. This happened not just now, not just the twenty. Probably then she was probably 24, 25. She was not just a 24, 25 year old where I just said like, I want a boyfriend. I don't want to just randomly fuck. And I understand, I didn't understand this then at all. No way I could have yeah. as a virgin in at University of Maryland. Uh, I can understand it now and I've been there. You've been there too. I'm like, I'm fucking too much. I just wanted to like have a girlfriend. It's different than gr- from girls, but um, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. And then you're like, and then here I am again. I said, I'm only going to date people now. I'm not going to just fuck. And then here I am, waking up in some guy's bed. And she goes, this has been going on even when I was 17. And you're like, oh. And she goes, and then she goes, and even when I was 12. Yeah. And then just stops. And it goes, yeah. And like, let's just sink in on you. And she's like, this has been going on for quite a while. And I can't stop this fucking thing. I didn't relate to any of that. I related to the, to the, to the sound. Yeah. I, I, so that, that song. So, all right, so so everybody knows there right before this came out, Liz put out uh, a demo tape called Girly Sound. Uh, and it kind of like filtered its way through. Well, here, let me let me that was her old. Band. Let me pull up. Let me do the under. little background on this. So here's a little background on Liz Fair for everybody that wants to know. So she's born Elizabeth Clark Fair, born in New Haven, Connecticut in 67. Adopted. She's adopted. Yep. yep. Grew up in Cincinnati, then the Chicago area. After a failed attempt to getting a music career going in San Francisco in the early 90s, she returned back to Chicago and re- released audio cassettes under the name Girly Sound. These tapes eventually led her to get a deal with independent label Matador Records. Matador, uh, I remember Matador. They had a lot of they had a lot of bands. I forgot who, but I remember them being a real label. I remember hearing their name, but oh. I don't know what other bands were with them. Yeah. 
Um, her debut record and today's topic, Exile and Guyville, came out in 93. Then she had her follow-up, Whip Smart, in 94. She earned a Grammy nomination. Whip Smart, that's Supernova on. That yeah. was a Grammy nomination for that one? There was a Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Performance in 95. Uh, with Wait, Supernova. did she get a Grammy for or a nomination for the first one, Exile and Guyville? No. Isn't that interesting? When, uh, when something gets recognized way later. Because they and, fucked and up. And they do makeup calls. They fucked up. Like like Denzel Washington getting the award for best actor when he's like for training the day? lead actor. For training? I think he deserved it for training day. Supporting actor. Supporting <sighs> actor. He wasn't the lead. I think, I think equal. No. I think almost. No. No. He was never in a scene by himself. The other guy was. He was a supporting actor. Yeah, but and also he was fine training day. But like relax. But all right, dude. But, makeup but, call. But for yes, and what they it's did. Makeup call. So Beck should have won for Odele or Sea Change. Sea Change. And so what they do is they give it to yeah. him for the one that came it's out a few the years people ago. People voting are kind of idiots, and they're just like, oh, I heard everyone's talking about this, and it's like, eh. it's the same reason that comedy kind of sucks on Netflix now because people are like, well, I heard that person's really good, and you're like. Yeah, that was 10 years ago. Have you seen them since? Are they working hard? Are they not working hard? Yeah. Do you have any idea? Yeah. There's a wild range of like ways you can go after you get on a sitcom. <laughs> you can work real hard like Burr did, or you can stop working completely like Pete Davidson did. They're different comics. You yeah, know? for sure. For sure. You can't just be like, I saw them once. For sure. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. 100%. They, they fuck up. Actually, really cool. Uh, a few weeks ago, um, I, I became friends with Tom Murillo right before the pandemic. Which pandemic? Uh, you know, the, the Spanish flu. Okay. And um, he hit me up because he did the podcast. We've stayed in touch. And he goes, hey, Josh, he goes, I'm recommending you to be one of the voters for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, really? Yeah. And I, I mean, immediately I'm like, I don't think I know music but I'm, like, yeah. dude i'm like like they, we keep getting these votes for stone temple pilots in and i'm just like no they deserve trust yeah. me they deserve they to be great. in there but it, it's 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 because that's what i'm saying that's how ridiculous the grammys are all, and also for grammys for comedy it's always like oh this is just celebrities oh like, yeah they were always nominating like who's the chick from uh suddenly susan oh um fuck i know what you're talking about um kathy griffin kathy griffin bob saget uh, Margaret Cho. It was always these same names with an occasional mixed in like, like Louis, Oswald, pop in Louis CK. But like a lot of them were like Bob Saget, you know, rest in peace. He sucks. He sucked as a comic. He was a bad comic. Um, so to get nominated again and again is like, I don't think you guys are listening to these. Like why has Kyle Kinane never been nominated for a Grammy? 100%. Over, over Kathy Griffin. 100%. Like what are we talking about? So you guys, very, it came very clear. You're not listening to any of these. No. And, and the same thing with the records, yeah. Um, which is which is hundred percent shocking because none of those other records by Liz Fair are on this list, and yet yeah. this one is in yeah. the top one hundred now, now. Her next one, I should just say, "White Chocolate Space Egg." It was the, one of the first albums I could see that I'm like, "Oh, someone's helping her write this. This is pop." Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy. It's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW meets LMAO. Mwah. Yes, we're out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. 
Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Well, there's there's elements of pop in this record. Maybe some slight ones, but I mean... Never... What is the song that I found? Never Said... Is that her one big thing there? That's this was the first of two singles released off the record. A music video was also made. This is one uh, from Girly Sound. like more mainstream you could see that then she got some like some from guitar in there a little bit but it was still that alt guitar that like juliana hatfield three kind of guitar and like and like um there were all these rockers in the 90s rocker chicks who, who, who would you have in mind juliana hatfield uh, yeah, yes. oh, you're talking about the ones that are just like one, because there's a lot of one and done. Frente, remember Frente? Frente? Uh, did sure. you like Frente? Had, no, I had that album. I got that from Publishers Clearinghouse. Really? I got I got Frente. Publishers Clearinghouse? Well, whatever the fucking... BMG and Columbia BMG, House. yeah, Columbia House. You yeah. know what I meant. Um, I was like, did I miss a whole angle on free shit? <laughs> I could have just been saying yeah, Frente was a good one. Uh, they were Australian, I think. Yeah, she was adorable. They had a remake was their one big hit. Uh, it was um, uh, the the song by uh, fuck uh, the group that did Blue Monday, New Order. New they, Order it was, yeah. It was uh, every time I see you yeah. falling. Yeah, and I heard their version first, same as us. So did I. Yeah, same as I shot Sheriff, and then when I heard the original version, I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> you know. You know like, <laughs> um, but um, so there was all these girl rockers, and that's what Lil Affair came out of, where it's like, hey, girls can play, but it was a specific sound. It was a specific sound, and that song that you just played had that guitar sound. Yeah, uh, of that girl rocker. So here's how much I was into women uh, music. Yeah, take I had there. my CDs um, organized on a CD shelf, um, split up by male lead, female lead, and then soundtracks. And the female leads was probably seventy percent of the male leads. So it wasn't even, but there were very few chicks in rock back then. Their numbers are probably like 20%, and I had them at 70%. Yeah. Because I just, you know, all the Sarah McLaughlin shit, all the fucking this, every one of her albums. Why do you connect with, with female music? They're better voices. Their voices so are way So it's strictly way more voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a way more soothing, pleasurable voice to hear a woman singing over Has it? Let me ask you now, because in when you're in your, you know, you're in college when you're starting to get into this, uh-huh. and now as you've grown up and you're, you're an adult, like, do you connect still just with the voices or have the lyrics and the perspective of what this woman uh, no, is saying? Yeah, I, like, I like the lyrics more. I like something like, and so now I'm more into like, I got into stuff that was already out that I had wasn't into, like like the the drums on War Pigs. I'm just like, I'll stop every time and listen. To it. I'm like, wait, wait, fuck, what's he doing? Doesn't yeah. make any sense. But like, Never usually into drums, you know. Um, yeah, I like I, I go through a more of a hard rock phase. 
And then also as I got into different drugs, then I'll start liking different bands. For sure. Know? For sure. Drug um, drugs definitely change. Dude, I took mushrooms and went to go see Billy Joel like a week or so ago. Yeah. It's one of the best music experience live a I've, I've ever. Not even not even not tripping balls, like a gram and a half, just enough to see the squiggles. Yeah. And I'm dude, I cried like four times. Oh, wow. I felt it on such a deeper level. Oh, it was just, I'm going every month. Yeah. I want to go every month. That's yeah. like, if I'm going to. I still want to go to that once. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is because, uh, did, you, did you go to HF Festival? No. I you never to, did. Uh, but I did not. I was too young and sheltered. I did, to the idea of going and spending a bunch of money at a music festival. I remember hearing the, the uh, ads for it. I'm like, that sounds cool, but I didn't even know what live music really was. We saw a couple bands at Maryland, like, um. They, yeah, Maryland would have like your like. I remember I saw Chappelle there when my friends were going there. We every so the comedy was every other semester. So one semester would be like Chappelle, and then it'd be like John Reap, you know, someone who was just a college, and then Margaret Cho, and then you. Yeah, you know, it's, so it's like that. I don't music. I think it was the same way because we saw who's the fucking stinky guy with fucking seventy five people in his band. Oh man, that smells was... horrible. Wait, come on, black. <laughs> Black Stink. Oh, George Clinton. George Clinton. Yeah. So one one, one semester was him. <laughs> you, the Black Stinky guy. Are you sure that he stings? Yeah, he stinks. Cocoa butter, dude. Cocoa butter. No, Come on, that's man. Body odor. Patchouli and pink no, cocoa no, it's butter. Straight butter. So one some, one semester was him. Next semester, Guster. You okay. Know? So we'd have some cool bands, but. Uh, that's as much as I can see. So, like, let's just go walk by the quads. He was there. No, this has nothing to do with music because uh, I don't ever see you as a sheltered person. The last thing I would say about you, Ari, oh, yeah. is that you are sheltered. When did that switch happen and how? Not even at Maryland. I mean, at Maryland is when University of Maryland, I'm wearing the shirt, is sure. where, is where, uh, is where, you know, I lost some of my innocence, but like, but like only the mass of innocence. Like I lost my virginity. But it's a big part. It, sure, but it wasn't like I was instantly a whore. You know what I mean? I was still a very sheltered, like, how many women did you have sex with? At the end of college, the number was two. So, you know what I mean? If you tell me someone who wasn't raised Orthodox Jewish and said, how many women have you had sex with at the end of college? And they said two. You're like, oh, you're very sheltered. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah. So then when did it, when did it, cause now dude, you are, yeah, one thing I, story. one thing I love about you is yeah. you are you and yeah. you do whatever the fuck you want. And you're not sheltered. You, you whether it's, it's fucking around, you know, on a podcast or, or, or whatever you just, you live and you be, yeah, you're, like you're, be myself. you're Nietzsche dude. You're just yeah. like the who gives a fuck. So when did, how did you suddenly comedy store, the comedy store is what changed yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. When I got there, I had never smoked, uh, had smoked a couple cigarettes, but that was it. But then I, I remember a manager, I forget his name. It doesn't matter. Um, I was working the back door. And he would always come over for a cigarette. So he yeah. get a cigarette. I'm like, I don't smoke. And he's like, all oh, right. And again, get a cigarette. I'm like, I don't smoke. You know, a day later, two days later. And then he started going, start smoking yet? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And then one day he was like, start smoking yet? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, give me a cigarette. I was like, okay. It was just like, you're there. That's where everybody smokes. You eventually start. You meet like whores. Just fuck pigs. Yeah, I know. And you also meet comedians from such vastly different backgrounds. So when you're 19, you might meet someone in your dorm who's a little less sheltered than you, who fucks a little or is a little wild, drinks some, whatever. But it's as a 19-year-old, 19-year-old college-bound person, like how wild really are they? You know, there's a range, but it's, it's just limits. Stand-up comedy, there's people who didn't even go to college. There's people who uh, painter lost his virginity at 14 and got robbed halfway through, you know, and then also won't say the word God, only says gosh. 
<laughs> it's like there's such massive different. Kevin Rook was this like Christian lawyer from uh, from Alabama, Arkansas. Yeah, he was just with us. Uh, as the rest of us are looking at fucking uh, chicks getting fucked by dogs, and it's just like it just brings together these wild scenes, and also L.A. Yeah, they bring it out of you all, for sure. All these runaways. Yeah, and so you start. You know, I saw Coke for the first time. Um, I didn't even do it. I was like, oh my god, no, thanks, no thanks, you guys. You go ahead. I had a glass table like this on Stoner Avenue um, in West L.A. And so I went to the bathroom after a party. They were just there with lines. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> and, and it's shocking when you don't expect cocaine and you see it for the first time yeah for the first time i've never seen it yeah it was like whoa um and over a few years of that i just became it just know, changed it you. was the comedy store there was no success there it wasn't like it is now oh people listeners probably imagine the comedy store now it was start to finish from 9 a.m to 2 a.m 9 p.m to 2 a.m we'd have 25 people there throughout the whole night i know yeah many nights we couldn't start the show because mitzi had a rule it had to be eight people eventually she changed that to six because we just couldn't get shows started six people and it was still like show was supposed to start at nine at 9 45 we're all just sitting in the cover booth just waiting with two audience members there going like, what's going on i mean it was terrible but that just allowed us to just become who we were. It gave us our X-Men powers. Whatever yeah. they were going to be, they got pulled out of us. Everybody that, that I know that worked during that era, there's something about them. The strength of them on stage is better. Like Nothing could beat us down because we've been beaten down too much. She just prepared us intentionally or unintentionally for these horrible like situations that are going to come up. Yeah. Um, bad shows. And on stage, too, like... When there's a showcase and it's like, oh, the crowd's not great. A comedy store. From back then, a comedy store comic would be like, not a problem. <laughs> I can, I can work with this. good crowd. <laughs> yeah. I remember Caparulo, he did New Faces. And, um, and, and I remember once it was like a Columbus Day weekend and there were 60 people in the OR. And it's that's 20, big. It's one twenty. Yeah, but sixty was good for them. Yeah, right? I was like, oh my god, <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, and we all just obliterated the place because it was so. But Caparulo did New Faces and he said he was on whatever number he was on. The person got off before him. He's like, how are they? And she's like, or maybe she goes, oh, they're a little tight. He goes, a little tight? There's 300 people out there. What do you mean a little tight? Yeah. What? Yeah. And then he got his development deal because he was just a comedy store comic. Yeah. He was like, you're giving me. I heard Kansas University used to practice on a smaller rim. They would add a rim to the top of the rim. So you'd have to swish it down the middle to get it. Um, and then in game time, they take that off. And it was just massive. Yeah. Like, massive hole. Yeah. That's how comedy store was. Yeah, on stage and in real life. Yeah, hundred percent. The the shitty gigs, like if like I I'll get put up late night at the at the cellar and it's like they're drunk, they're wild, and so when you get that audience that is like oh, yeah. that is like an early show and you just still keep that attitude of like you're performing Who's in front of that. This? Yeah, it's like yeah. this I'm used to them being drunk, wild, yeah. organizing. This Tripoli was always like his his two superpowers were uh, doing well at bar shows. Um, that's true and being able to fuck on coke he said those are two superpowers he goes yeah i know people say you can't get hard he goes that's not my issue (laughs) (laughs) um so um but yeah it's the comedy story that battle late night there was no success and the people who were successful got the early spots and even their success wasn't much it was bobby lee being on mad tv yeah freddie soto having had a development deal spanglish cap that happened yet (laughs) okay it was still off in the distance Capanera was just a Vegas comic. Uh, Ralphie May had just, he had done a special maybe, you know, Rogan was on news radio. He was there sometimes. It was just like Schubert was like, he used to be in the outlaw. Like these aren't credits that people are kind of coming to see these people. Yeah. You know, 
Yeah, Rogan was on a like, big show, top forty show. Yeah, that lasted for five years. That was over five years earlier. You know, it ain't a draw. True. So um, when did it? When did it? I know they probably you can watch a documentary for this, but I'm just curious. Cause I haven't I watched it yet. Watch when did it? When did it? Fucking make that shift then. It made the shift when uh, Joe Rogan started podcasting. He wasn't even coming around at that time because there's a feud between him and Mencia. I remember, yeah. Yeah, and the comedy store took a, took the wrong side. They should have stayed out of it. Mitzi would have stayed out of it. Mitzi did stay out of it. She actually called Joe and said, hey, you, well, you guys got to figure out how to work together because you know I'm, I don't do this thing where I get involved in like, well, it's me or him. She goes, I'm not doing that. I'm giving you each spots. She goes, I, she made a rule a long time before that's like, any ideas of who stole who jokes, she goes, that's you guys to work it out. You guys figure it. Yeah. yeah. You guys know, I don't. So uh, I don't want to make the wrong ruling on this. So choke whoever you got to choke. You know, let the streets <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but she never wanted anyone to go away unless she thought they were terrible or, you know, did something to her specifically. So she called Joe and was like, hey, you guys got to figure it out. And she goes, all right. And then he got a call like 10 minutes later saying, hey, Mitzi wants you to take a break for a while. And he was like, no, she doesn't. He was like, well, we talked to her. He goes, I just talked to her. Yeah. You're lying. Because it was a moment where Paulie was like, didn't like Joe. It was just like other thing. And they used that as an excuse. Kind of like what they say with 9-11. Like the government, they don't think plan 9-11. But like once it happened, they're like, sweet, let's use this. To yeah, Iraq. Fucking, yeah, for yeah. sure. Get all the shit we wanted to do. So anyway, he was gone, and he did draw somewhat, especially when he was on uh, Fear Factor. Yeah, when he was there. But when he left, it just became kind of back to abysmal every night. Weekends were always okay, you know, before that. But then he started talking about it on podcasts, talking about Brett Ernst and fun weird stories, and the comedy store started getting a bit of a lore. Of like, whoa, what's this outlaw place? Because it really was people fucking in the back. And oh yeah, p- punching Bobby Lee, you know, shit like that. Where it's just like <laughs> fights are going on, and like fucking, it just you meet a girl, and then she goes and sits back down next to her boyfriend, or yeah. a date at least, and all like that chick just blew you in there. Look how her being all snuggly with that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So that shit, you see that, and you're like, I can't respect women. Yeah, I can't respect any women. <laughs> I've seen the worst possible things. Yeah, I know what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Now that's is that is L.A. for sure, for sure. And me and Metzke used to talk about women, and and L.A. versus New York comics. And at some point he goes, "Oh, Ari, all your anger towards women, I, I don't think that's women. I think it's L.A. women. I think it's a specific type of runaway, needy. I want to be famous at all costs. Woman. Love them out here. Yeah. Love every dude. I'm dating out here. I'm yeah, meeting great. great girls. They're great. Uh, L.A. They're professional. They're like, I, I, they leave after you fucked. Like, well, I got work in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want yeah. I want to attract to success. I'm not staying at some dude's house. Yeah, they, nice. they'll Call take the train. Later, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How should I walk you to the train? Like, why? So I can get right on the train once you're gone? I, I, I have mace, you idiot. I'm like, all right. Okay, I don't know. I don't bad. know. Um, but yeah, and then Rogan started talking about it, started getting more and more popular. He wasn't even there yet. Then he came back. Um, that was when Tommy left. I remember nope. that. It came back and Tommy was still there. Um, and then Adam Egot took over. And then it was, and then Adam Egot was like, I have no allegiance to Mitzi. I've never met her. Maybe he had met her once. I don't know. But he goes, I'm just booking the funny comics. So he called Sarah Silverman's of the world, Hannibal Burris's, and he was like, hey, you're obviously beyond showcasing. Um, here's the number to call in. You can't bump. Here's the number to call in. We'd love to have you. And then they all start coming. Yeah. Spade. They all just start coming. Yeah. Um, and that's when it got what they call now the credit store, which is not my favorite iteration of the store. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely changed. It's not a workout anymore. I don't I 
I, it's, I mean, some of it is like, it's always for 28 year olds. So you're supposed to get bigger, do a sitcom, move on and stop coming back. People stayed. Now that comedy's better. Comedy pays more. So people stay in it. People like yeah. Whitney would not be doing comedy anymore. You know, that Ooh. in the old days that she just would have been an actress. There's no, sure. there's oh, no 100%. reason to put out a special every once in a while. But also I think there was, there was something really, you know, like you said, dude, like Adam started bringing in people and now, now it's this popping place. Yeah. So now it was just a scene. Yeah, it's a scene. It's a scene. It's a scene. You can't just work out a new joke. People are like, oh, I heard, sorry, not do that well. And it's like, I, so now you have to do your A material. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's shitty. Um, How do you think Liz would have done at the comedy store? Liz who? Liz Fair. You mean like if the comedy store is music? If if just in in her if if like the like the Rogans are what band like the Pearl Jam I'm trying to think of like the big bands at yeah. the time going around with what she's doing oh, like yeah. yeah she would have been she would have been let me see what she would have been maybe Cynthia Levin so many people came in to see I mean this is the old store so you're just talking about a a girl who's funny it wouldn't be Vicky Barbalak Vicky Barbalak was too mainstream she was too Vegas in her style yeah she crushed but. That's not Liz Fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly Kirsten or 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 um, or um, she's a good joke writer because uh, yeah. obviously she's got to be a good joke writer because yeah. lyrically this album yeah. is she'd be a good joke writer. People would come in like, wow, she's really funny, but it wouldn't be slang, you know, like a shredding guitar because it's not that. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but this album was a period in my life in college when I was sort of like coming into a little bit of my own, like finding out who I was. I started college at 20, started University of Maryland at 21. So 21 and 24, 20, maybe 20, yeah, 24, 25, 24, I guess. Um, those are formidable years. And these, this kind of shit was a soundtrack to that. Do you think someone like Madonna, who yeah. I think in a sense is like the polar opposite yeah. of Liz Fair, yeah. an image, yeah. But do you think she paved the way for the lyrics that Liz wrote on this record? I don't know. I know. I remember hearing an interview with her a long time ago. Also, she has stage fright, which is really interesting. Liz? Liz Won't get on stage or didn't for a while. She, I just watched an interview with her and she's so like low energy, awkward-ish, adorable. Like she's really cute. But they're, yeah. They're, I, yeah, I, for I, sure she did. For sure she did. Being sexually open. You know, so Liz Fair going like, yeah, I fuck for sure. I fuck, you know, it's, I'm not like saying, look at me. I fuck. It's it's like, hey, I fuck. And here's some of the problems I've run into, you know, and people like you fuck. And it's like, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're past that. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with the problems of of, of a sexual like youth, fucking older men, uh, uh, fucking general without dating. But she's like, these are givens to my scene. I'm in the rock scene in Chicago. We're way further along than the fucking, you know, mainstream FCC kind of shit they let you see. So is that, because is, is, okay. I'm trying to figure out why this is number 56. Yeah, even why it's number 312. Why is it on it? Dude, this right. is why like. Is it, on it? it had to be, it had to be like something really groundbreaking. Maybe the deadpan, the deadpan music and the deadpan, like. The you know, sound? Mo- yeah, exactly. Let me, see, let me see if I got a little doodad on, on the recording of this, just to kind of, because I tried to look up a bunch of shit to fucking. Yeah, why is it that big? Because honestly, I liked her second album better. Which I think was a lot bigger. Yeah, so like Pinkerton, I thought was... Better than the Blue Record? But you understand why the Blue Record, when it came out, it was like, it's almost a new sound. 100%. It's nerd rock that's not nerd. I I don't know what it was, but I'm like, it was like, whoa. Pinkerton was awesome, and I think better, but it didn't have that like, what the fuck? 
didn't have yeah, that. Nothing. Nothing was like Weezer at that time. Yeah, exactly. um, and and look, I, I I'm I'm trying to. Was this higher or lower than the Blue Album? Blue Album is coming up. I haven't done it yet. Okay. So it's we start, that's I think that's in the next like. Fifth. But you're going by the old list. I'm going by. Oh, you want to look at the new one? Um, hold on, let me pull it up. Because there's no way the Blue Album should be lower than this. In 2020, Rolling Stone ranked it number 294 on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. It was ranked. Uh, so on this list, it's 299. It went up five. Yeah, this That's is where this is where this is the blue album. Yeah. Yes. And went up five. Yes. That's interesting because it's overcorrection. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living. And every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others. Photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy. And I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there i i remember this q remember q q magazine yes yeah and they did a list of top whatever 100 100 albums and okay computer was number one and it had come out four or five months earlier and i remember going like you guys you haven't sat on this long enough you got to you got to say caught up in the you you're caught up in the, in the of five years ago and beyond sure you know you just you can't you're caught up in like well everybody's talking about it. i was like i know but steve miller band at the time was bigger than they are now against their peers you know certain bands just hold up certain ones don't hold up in excess now it's like don't have the fucking claim uh, to fame but they're great they're yes, underrated okay good i was they're i wanted to see where you were going but with like, that but they don't but people don't remember them as much but but like at the time they're probably they're now i think as people are remembering them again they're back where they were then in excess in excess sure. in their rankings but like but like for a while people are like who you're like how could that be who what do you mean yeah kick is such a great yeah, so record you gotta wait some time so so i don't mind uh blue album moving up five you know 10 years later about eight years after eight years later yeah that's fine but like this one that's a giant but this jump. is who a cares? jump this yeah. I, look, no you're yes who cares you're 100 right but by by you putting this up there and then and then leaving off like fiona apple records off of this list and oh, leaving left off, it off i don't think fiona has she might have one record on this list i'd have to look See, that first one was so good title but title. but it's and maybe not the second one but on the new list every record is on there because that's a new generation that was influenced by him. I have never in my career of, of, of doing this or even in life had somebody besides you yeah. say to me, Liz Fair was influential in my life. Oh, I loved her. I can hear yeah. like where this album has affected so many other artists now. Yeah. You know, I, there's like, you, there was you a time I was jealous of Joe. I had, I don't listen to podcasts. I barely listen to mine only when I'm editing it or when I was. Yeah. Uh, um, there was a time when I had definitely listened to under tenant podcasts ever. And one of them was Liz Fair on Rogan's. And I was on a plane. I was like, couldn't wait to hear it because I was like, oh, she's so cool. She's just the coolest. But wow, that just I blo- want to hear about her stage fright. I couldn't hear. I that just blows about. me away. Yeah. I, I just would never. I would have thought yeah, you would. Col- some of these college bands were fucking big, but she was bigger in my head than Suzanne Vega. She was bigger in my head than like 
Dave Matthews, even though Dave Matthews is definitely bigger. You're a big Dave Matthews fan. You mentioned him a few times. No, because I never got into them, but they were heavy into that scene. Yes. They were heavy into that scene. That was a fun concert. Coldplay took over that, took over that scene. Um, but in that one was that same range where it's like, this is too... I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Coldplay with Liz Fair. No, so Blues Traveler, not Blues Traveler. I wouldn't uh, put them with Blues Traveler either. I, I would put them. Blues I would Traveler. put Blues. What? Yeah, it's in that same. It, that was more high, uh, like high energy than Liz Fair. But Dave Matthews Band was the big, big stadium rock for sure. And so Coldplay came in in that same genre. And oh, it was, so just too, it was too okay. accessible. Too many people liked him. Liz Fair was more niche, and I liked that. Very so, was, niche. so was Blues Traveler. Yeah, dude. I put I put Dave Matthews with Blues Traveler, and I put Coldplay with Radiohead. In, yeah, in style for of sure, like, for sure. of it was just of, like in that HFS genre. These are the other people also like. When I went and to go, like, we lame. the first year I went to go to HF Festival. This is I was in really oh, into Coldplay. Coldplay. This is like nineteen. I would say two thousand at the latest. Yeah, maybe two thousand and one, but I'm almost positive it was two thousand. And Coldplay was on the bill, but they were deep on the bill. And I was like, dude, like I'm excited. We got to go see Coldplay. I think they. I don't know what time they're growing up because there's no real solid internet at the time to look oh, shit right. up. And yeah, my friend Johnny's girlfriend Lisa was super fucking running behind and slowing us down. And we're we're in College Park, so we got to take the, the the metro to RFK Stadium. And the whole time we're on there, because it's it's like now at this point it's two o'clock, two thirty, yeah. and I'm like, dude, we're gonna fucking miss the band. And I make a joke. I'm like, bet what happens is we show up. And like as we're walking into the stadium, they're just like, and we were all yellow. Thank yeah. you all so much. You were great. One hundred percent. That's what happened wow. to the letter of the law. Yeah, it was just really cool and really great music, and it was really like interesting, and 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 it was just like ushered us into this new way of, I don't know, this this new type of of music that wasn't just this like pop. So I got this little top 40. I got this little nugget from this article. The album remains incredibly impactful to this day because Liz Fair created a space for moody rockers moody. looking to kick some ass and take some names while also exploring the heartbreak and sensitivities that come with being a young person. I'm glad they said person because from everything I've read about her and when you say like this is a response to exile on Main Street. Your first thought in living in the day we are today, day and age we are today with this zeitgeist, is like she's going to be attacking. Oh, she's not. She's not. She goes, they rock. I want to rock. I'm. It's not gender based at all. You know, um, it's just like I want to rock, and so or, or 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 do interesting music the way they are. So this is a response to them. But if you said like she's this feminist icon, but it's like I don't think she would even put that on herself. I don't think so either. I'm just doing music. And so for her to say the fucking run and stuff like that, it's like, well, this is interesting for a woman to be talking like this. Like, yeah, guys, but I'm not doing this feminist shit. I'm just talking about my experience, a person, me yeah. as a person, not me as a woman, which that is what I could relate to. It's like this is a person going through something. When you start breaking it down into a gender or a race, you lose me because if I'm not in that gender or race, then it's like you're talking about your situation instead of going, uh, even if it's like, hey, I was in a, in a place and they, they came and they took my parents. And they took them away, and uh, they put me in the work camp. Like, oh my god, that's terrible! You don't have to say if it was Rwanda or fucking. Uh, it's bad, Japan regardless. Or, we all yeah, can exactly. identify like, I can with get, it. I can relate to you, but when they go, they took the Jews away. 
Then if you're not a Jew, then it's like I'm out. It cuts off everything. Yeah, exactly. She was just a person. I think that I think that is you know it's a really good perspective that I didn't even think about. Is that because I always did while listening to this just assume she was talking about the girl and uh-huh. like her experience, but almost every song from fucking run to to six foot I w- one. Once I one, I would never have said that if I if I knew how that would make you feel when I said when I wanted separate rooms. If I knew how that would make you feel, I would have taken it all back. I would do it again just to. I still think the best the best lyrics on the on the record are from Dance of the Seven Veils. She that? goes, I ask because I'm a real cunt in spring. Uh, you can rent me by the hour. I know all about the ugly ugly pilgrim thing. Entertainers bring Mayflowers. I, I just love that she has Mayflowers. cunt. I just yeah. love that she says yeah. cunt in a song yeah. and it's talking about herself. And, yeah, and but she's it's not bragging. She's like, I'm a real cunt in spring. But this is like dude, that's such a word that if you hear yeah. dude, if you say that on stage you better fucking have a funny response or whatever. It it is hard to remember time and place and things. To, I mean, COVID is definitely. You hear something you're like what? You're like, oh, eight months ago was way different, you know, or, or whatever it is. But like, what when you see a um, Joan Rivers uh, bit about abortion, and you're like, okay, whatever, it's an abortion joke. But then you look close, you're like, oh, this is black and white. So like, oh, I, that's easier to see because like, oh, definitely this was not talked about then. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So her doing it. So or like, if you do a if you do a, a um. Uh, uh, like a whatever it's called, cutting edge, not cutting edge. Um, Rad. something in the news. Yeah, a bit, and you record it. Let's say something happened yesterday. You recorded it tomorrow, um, and you put it out. Everyone's like, "This is really funny." In three weeks, people are like, "This isn't that funny." Sure. And you're like, "Well, yeah, I was. It was going fast." You know that it was. It's the time that I recorded it was. It meant something. A year later, you it do doesn't a, hold you up. Do an Abraham yeah. Lincoln joke, a Columbine <laughs> joke now. People are like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it the day after. It had some fucking danger to sure. it. Sure. You know? Um, yeah, so I don't know what her time and place was. I, I don't really know. I, you know, I... I, I don't f- know what else was out there before or, or who else. Because I'm sure, I'm sure she me, probably... This would be a perfect time to have Adam. I don't know who else the Chicago music scene back then. Well, she keeps mentioning these two bands, which cool. really, I don't think, are really that big in... Because like, they never made it, but... I'm, I'm yeah, sure, well, yeah. no, one of them did. So but, these are the two bands, uh, Material Issue, which I have never heard of, and then Urge Overkill. I remember Urge Overkill. And I, Urge Overkill, I'm almost positive, did uh, Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon from the Pulp yep. Fiction yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Um, so, so they probably ran. Do you ever see the? You ever read the book or, or seen it? Um, uh, Meet me in the bathroom. Uh-uh. It's about the aughts, the early aughts, um, like electronic punk or I don't know what you would call it. Music scene in New York. It was LCD. It was uh, uh, Karen O. Um, uh, I'm trying to think who else was there. Um, but all these bands, they knew each other. They knew each other. Mm. You know, and that was the the New York scene. Uh, Go back a few years to the '80s, and you have Rolling. I mean, um, Guns N' Roses, on the Sunset Strip, Motley Crue, all the all the LA. They must have known each other. Oh, they know they, they all did, do. Yeah, they did shows in town so much, and then they occasionally tour. But they did these in town shows, and they hung out with each other. And there must have been this Chicago scene, you know, where they all knew who the big bands were. Whether or not they made it, heroin might have gotten involved. I mean, you look at Nirvana saying Mudhoney is our biggest influence, and most people go, "Who's Mudhoney?" You know, yeah, but just because they didn't make it doesn't mean they weren't huge. And like everyone around them was like, damn, they're the guys right there. You have that in comedy, too. You'll have people like, wow, that that guy's great. But everyone else is like, who is that? You're like, well, they're just someone who's great. So I've got I'm pulling up some of the bands from that scene. You know, 
fuck I hope this is somewhat right people are gonna get mad at me it says it says uh smashing pumpkins pumpkins is oh, from that era they're from Chicago at least according to this fucking article smashing pumpkins they're talking about Jimmy Chamberlain yeah this is all I think about oh, Wilco Wilco they were Chicago huh yeah, yeah. um but I don't know if they're all contemporaries I, I'm just looking at like you know this came out here that would be that's a good before we 92, move 92 93 this came out in the one with supernova whip smart that was 94 and i got into that 1993 uh, is 93 so all right so this is what's this is what's out yeah nirvana in utero okay uh so you've already got in utero is before Nevermind. no it's after after okay so Nevermind's already the Nevermind's seattle sound is already has already okay. taken over yeah seattle sounds the biggest thing in the world right yeah. now yeah this uh, is not grunge no, no god no uh, Wu Tang enter the thirty six chambers. Okay, that's having a rap. Um, you have something like Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. Uh, these are the twenty five most Siamese essential Dream. albums. That's what I'm thinking of. Siamese Dream. That, that, that Gish that was, was before that. Yeah. That was the big one with Siamese today. Dream is when I got into them. But then on the opposite side of the world, which we've already done this record, you have P J Harvey. Which I wouldn't. She's English. I yeah. But, I, See, mean, I used to mix them up a lot. PJ Harvey, Liz Fair. I would mix them up. a really? lot. Really? Only because they kind of look somewhat because they had a P in their names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the beginning of one of their names. Yeah, their sound was very different. Um, but it was also this like independent woman stuff. Yeah. You know. And you have like, Janet Jackson releasing the biggest album. Or, well, no, I guess Rhythm Nation, but Janet. You know, Depeche, Tony Braxton, The Breeders. The Breeders. That's that's more in there in that in this range of what we're talking about. Cypress Hill, um, Flaming Lips. You have Bjork coming out with her debut record. You have Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way? I mean, this is Blur. Not Blur. I'm yeah, Blur. Modern Life is rubbish. You have Pet Shop Boys. Tool. This, this was Pet Shop Boys. Uh, Tool's a little hard, but like this was the heyday of alt rock. Ooh, I got a better idea. 1992 essential albums let's see what see this all right so this is what's coming out before that i mean these okay. are jesus christ all right rem automatic for the people i could see that in a, in a way influencing this record uh -huh. um <laughs> the chronic okay. by dr dre so the you know you have pavement uh pavement. you have check your head i mean these are all just metal albums oh the cure wish so wish was a good one Gin Blossoms. Uh-huh. That's this that's alt rock for sure. When I start listening to it, Gin Blossoms. Gin Blossoms, I would put underrated. What? Very underrated, but I would put Gin Blossoms closer to Liz Fair yeah. than than uh Blues um, Traveler. <laughs> you keep wanting to talk about blues. Do you like Blues Traveler? No, but I mean it was like that they were just played on the same station. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So in 1992, Suzanne Vega, 99.9 Fahrenheit came out. Yeah, Suzanne That's Vega. a little bit more electronic. That's the one with... Which I wouldn't... It was college. Remember, do you remember they had the college they had the college rankings? The charts? Oh, yeah. It was it was, it was was um, top 40, um, Christian... And I think college. I don't even think they had any college was all college was all. No, they I they they might have done like R and B. They might have, but I don't remember. But I remember looking at the charts every week in the back of Rolling Stone, and I think it was just those. I don't know. It wouldn't have been Christian, but it was definitely college and yeah, definitely top forty. It was. It would always it be DC Talk. Yeah, DC Talk would always be on number one. 
Sonic Youth Dirty, which I just had Kim on, and that was great. Blind Melon. I'm trying to see these. Blind Melon. The the albums that really fucking Lucinda Williams. I don't know if I would put her with that. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I'm just just going down and going to the top 10. Yeah, so that's the kind of sound that was coming out, and she was way more deadpan than that. Liz Fair. Yeah, I just I'm look. It was a different sound, but also similar. Different in that. So I I I, I dated some chick once, and she was she um, spent time in Spain or something like that, and she was watching an independent movie in America, uh, American independent movie, and all her friends were like, "Oh, this is very Hollywood." And she goes, "It's actually not. It's an independent movie. It's literally not Hollywood." And they're like, "I don't know, man. This is, seems like a very Hollywood movie." And she goes, "It's not though." And then she realized like, "Oh, this is independent of Hollywood," whereas in Spain. Uh, and in Europe, the movies don't even have an ending. You know, they're not even doing that. Yeah. So this is like, oh, maybe the bad guy doesn't doesn't lose, but like, there's still a bad guy and a good guy. Whereas in in Europe, they're just like people are just people. Like they don't even have, not the same standard. So like, Liz Fair was different than these bands, but also quite the same. You know, you look Very back 90s. on it 25, 30 years later, and you're like, it's that sound. It's no different than than um than Julian Hatfield, than Frente, than whatever. It's in that same range. I just feel like it's probably there's a reason we're talking about this other than those. And it could be lyrically. Yeah, it could the yeah. sound. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know because I wasn't around before. Yeah. So I don't know how it changed anything. If anybody listening knows and has a really great blurb about why this was is 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 that big. Yeah. Send it to me and I will fucking read it uh, next week. Yeah. Um, all right, let me see if I have any questions and we'll get you out of here. All right, here, this is a, this is a quick one. This is from uh, uh, our Patreon user, Notorious RGA. Uh, so Liz lost out uh, a Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Performance to Melissa Etheridge, Come to My Window in 95. It's a great song. And then Alanis Morissette, You Ought to Know in 96. Also a great song. Was she robbed? No. Well, what song was she robbed from? I don't know. I got to look. He yeah, didn't I mean, put that in the more info. He didn't put that in the question. Like, like, but she's great. That's right. always- Who would win in a fight? I'm taking his question. Come to my window was a massive, massive song, and and you ought to know was even bigger. You ought to know was like her debut song. Everybody's like, "What the fuck is this? This rage from Dude, a woman?" That was the craziest so no, shit. No, not robbed. Dude, that, that's. You guys would listen to the Alanis Morissette yeah. song. I remember being in Ryan McLaughlin's car and him putting that on and being like, this shit fucking rips. Yeah, like, it's it great. I saw her at 930 Club um, when she had that one hit before she had Ironic and totally changed the perception of who she was. Um, um, and it was like, what the fuck? And I went to 930, one of the first concerts I've been to. Um, How was, lucky we were. To, yeah, have to have that venue, that. yeah, I perform there now too, which is also like really cool. I'll be I'll be there uh, for the 40th anniversary of the uh, DC Improv, and I I've never been more excited. Oh, so they're doing shows at 9:30. They're gonna do a jam there. Oh, so because I they even hit brought me up, they were like, well, "Where would you want to go?" And I go, "9:30 Club, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. dear God." Yeah, if I if it wasn't for DC Improv being so cool, and my home road club always, I would yeah I would love to perform there. But I opened for Rogan there, and it was great. Oh, that must have been a yeah, fucking trip. It was great. Uh, yeah. Who would win in a fight? Melissa Etheridge, Alanis Morissette, or Liz Fair? Melissa Etheridge. She's a dyke. That's just... <laughs> listen, guys. Uh, also, Liz Fair. She has a song 6'1". She is not 6'1". She's, she's actually very petite. She's very, very tiny. I think she's 5'2". Yeah. Um, all right. Any other questions? Yeah, that, all those songs are great. I would like to know what she was nominated for. Was it Supernova? 
I have to look. I think it's Supernova. Supernova. So ninety five and ninety six. So she got back to back nominations. Um, yeah, here's a good one. And then, and then I don't know if we've already covered this, but we can figure it out. Uh, what sets Liz Fair apart from other feminist musicians? Do you think? I don't think she's a feminist musician. Yeah, I think they're just putting that on her. I think they're just saying you must be a feminist because you're a woman in a man's world. But I, I, I don't think she was doing that at all. Sarah McLaughlin also not a feminist until she put on Lil Affair. And then she's like, oh, now you definitely are interested in female stuff. Yeah. But it's not really your music. It's not really coming out in your music. It's just like the tour you organized. Yeah. Um, I don't think Liz Fair's a feminist. I think she's just just a musician. And and that's fine to be. And, and no more than, than like... Then, like, Joe List is a masculist, you know, for doing his kind of comedy. It's just like, if anything, he's a fucking homo, <laughs> you know? But, like, but like, yeah, I think they're just putting that on her. I, I don't agree with her, and I don't think she would. I saw this interview. I read this interview book with An Sang Suu Kyi, this Myanmar leader. She's under house arrest forever. I think she's back under house arrest now. And um, they asked her if she's a feminist, and she goes, we got no time for that. And they're like, what? And she goes, listen, we're trying to get on, out from under the thumb of the fucking oppressive army who's who's leading this regime, disappearing people all the time. Like, women's rights, men's rights. He goes, that's a luxury I would love to get into a decade or two from now. But we don't, we're not there yet. We're yeah. trying to survive. And I think Liz Fair is like, I'm not even talking about that, dude. I'm trying to re- rethink music. Yeah. And not in terms of what my what's between my legs. You know? Um so, yeah, I just disagree with the question. All right. No, I agree. One interesting note. Go ahead. She met Mick Jagger. Yes. And um, she had this album that was a remake of Exile on Guy Bell. And, and, and she, somebody said, would you like to meet Mick Jagger? And she goes, yes, for sure. I mean, not just because I'm tied to him now forever because of this project I did that ended up being uh, breaking me, mm-hmm. but also because he's the lead singer of the Rolling Stones. Yeah, who wouldn't you know? want to meet him? That's the only reason I got into in the first place, Exile on Guy Bell, because like, what a cool band. Yeah. Um, and he goes, oh, you're the one who fucking glommed <laughs> off me and made a name <laughs> off my hard work? Well, all right. You're friendly enough, I guess. Yeah. And he was like pissed about it. And she was like, look, what are you going to do? He's, he's Mick Jagger. You can do whatever he wants. She goes, she goes, and it was sort of like, oh. uh, we're going to let let you, because this is what she says, uh, the, the quote. Uh, he goes, you're welcome for using our name to get you get your fame. Wow. And then he, he then, and it was sort of like, we're going to let you off this one time, you cheeky person. I understood where he was coming from, and I kind of respected him for being that high above me that that's all he could give from that atmosphere level. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's like he's... You're a young upstart musician. I'm fucking... Selling out stadiums, and yeah. we're one of the greatest rock bands of all it's time. It's like, great, congrats on your success. Uh, it's like you're headlining a fucking... The DC Improv versus, like, <laughs> you know, Mass Square Garden. Yeah, dude. And you're like, I'm doing it. Like, all right, relax, kid. Let me see if I have anything pretty interesting. All right, so we already talked about how this skyrocketed. Let's just do the sales real quick. This peaked at number 12 on the U.S. Billboard Hot Heat Seekers chart and at on number 196 on the U.S. Billboard. Uh, it was been, it has been certified gold in the United States. It was number one album. Here, this is the big ones. It was a number one album of the year in critics, polls, in Spin and Village Voice. Uh, number one album in Spin. 
Yeah. So that's pretty big. That is big. That's it, big. And it Billy was Boy's ranked. Billy's also big, but spin, spin was a national thing. It was ranked number 15 in Spim's 100 Greatest Albums from between 95 to 2005. VH1 named Exile and Guyville the Wait, 95. It wasn't 95. It was before that. Oh, 85. I'm oh. sorry. 85 to 2005. Okay. Um named Exile in Guyville the 96th greatest album of all time. This is VH1. And Pitchfork ranked it at number 30 on the 2003 version of the best albums in the 90s. And then just, I guess, before we go into the rapid facts, this is, um, where's the guy that we like? This guy, Robert Christow. He named it among his 10 best albums from the 90s. I don't know who that is. Uh, let me see. Ooh, this is might be interesting. The sudden success of the album also generated a somewhat negative response from Chicago's indie music scene. Right. Fair commented, it's odd. Guyville was such a part of the of the indie, but at the same time, it was kind of at war with indie, and I made that record. Another person that arose from that success dealing with that uh when it was about the stage fright. Yeah. Yeah, she's I remember her back then, I didn't understand stage fright, I get it now. But she was like, I didn't like all these people looking at me. She said, like within a short time, I if I remember she goes, I was a normal person, and then I was a star. And she goes, everywhere I went, people were staring at me. And I, she goes, I did not like it, being looked at all the time. I think she was like, I went to a restaurant. These are such fucking old memories. She goes, I went to a restaurant. I was there a week before when it was, uh, can I help you? And then it was like all these people looking at me a week later. And it's like I was this person to them as opposed to just someone coming in. And she goes, I wasn't comfortable with it. And, dude, I get it. Yeah. Any level of fame, as small as I have it, I hate it. Really? Hate it. Hate being stared at. Hate being analyzed as 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 what people think I am rather than just what I am there in the spot. Ugh. It's annoying as shit. But you know, once you, you put art out into the world, people are going to, you're going to find haters, you're going to find fans. Yeah, it doesn't mean you're comfortable with it. I get it. Yeah, um... You know, I yeah. saw this thing once that the artist doesn't want you looking at them. They want you looking at the art, you know? For sure. Imagine you're standing next to that painting you made of, of is that Bill Cosby playing trumpet? Um, <laughs> Miles Davis. And um, I can see he's definitely got on the Bill Cosby sweater. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if the artist is standing right there, they're like, oh, you made that? And But they don't want that. They want to stand behind you, overhearing you talking about the piece. Yeah. But comedy is such a weird one. Music too, because like, except for like gorillas. Because, like, yeah, we do know you. We're, we're laughing at you, watching you. So it, you can't get away from it. You can't put it on canvas and then walk away. Do you have a, what's the weirdest or most awkward you've ever felt with your fame? I don't, I just, I don't know. I just hate it at all moments. <laughs> okay. All right, here, let's get some rapid and, and we'll get you out of here, dude. Okay. This was, this ruled, man. Uh, favorite song on the record? Um, I the, the one, even when I was 17, that one or... I think that's fucking run. Yeah. Or the one divorce song. Which is which surprisingly that you picked this out because before this record even came into my my ecosystem, uh Spot Spotify does like recommend songs for me and it recommended this and I saved it. Wow. I really liked this wow. one. Yeah. But it's not my favorite. My favorite is fucking run. Fucking I, run. I think it's and great. The big one the biggest hit she had is what? Never ever. Never ever. Um, I like fucking wrong because of the melody. I think it showcases if you were going to try to give somebody uh, like a song from this record to be like, this is what the rest yeah. of the record's because like. Because it's deadpan. And deadpan. It's, and it's sexual. And it's sort of deep lyrically, but also like very dampened 
I would say, uh, uh, lyrically, not lyrically, vo vocally and musically. It's dampened. Well, I love, it's just, it's just, it's like we said, it's simple. Simple. The yeah. title, the chorus rules. Uh, I mean, fucking run is such a great title. Fuck and then, run. and then the lyric, like you said, Fuck even when I was 12, uh, you're just mm -hmm. like, holy like, shit. Uh, least favorite song on the record. I don't know. You don't have one? No. I, I had to go through to figure out which one I disliked. It's one of the, I've listened to this way more now. Um, recently but i had it on cd and cd is a different kind of listen than spotify uh, it's closer to spotify i'd say because you just press play on song one as long as you're not like jumping around by accident that's always the worst like, yeah. what <laughs> motherfucker shuffle yeah 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 yeah. that happened Get to me today i was like off. i was i was listening to it and i forgot that i put it on shuffle i was like yeah. it doesn't go from this song to this song yeah. i'm already four songs in yeah um but on record it is a four record uh album four side album Double record. Double record. Same as Exile and Guyville. 55 minutes. So you can't listen to it all the way through. You choose a side. You play that side. If it's one, then you flip it for two. But then you got to go back to the sleeve for three and four. <laughs> it's a different process. So I don't know what my you favorite let it play. is and my favorite is not. But I had it on CD and that was just like you press play and you play let it all go. the way through. I actually chose Strange Loop. Uh, I don't think it was a close. It's a closing song on the record. I don't think it should have ended the album. I think there were so many other great songs that she could have ended it with. I was so excited to do this with you because, I, and I think I texted it to you, like this grew on me to where I, I didn't like it at all. And really? then I'm like, really? wow, this is really good. And now, yeah. dude, I used to just think Lilith Fair, like I said, you'd lump her in with all the other female artists that I'm not a fan of musically and just wrote her off. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, no, 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 hey, this is. Yeah, Google something for me. What do you want? Did Liz Fair do Lilith Fair? I, I'm, I wouldn't, I'd be, did. I'd be surprised Liz. if she didn't, but not that surprised. Lilith. I could also see if she did it in like the the year three or something where it's like, oh shit, we left off some bands. <laughs> yep. Uh, wait, from the 1998 one, uh, Erica Badu, Liz, Liz later Fair. One, later one. Yeah, Missy Elliott. Yeah, that was later one. Paula Cole. Yeah. Um, and this is considered. Because it's like, no, I'm already, I'm, I don't want to tour. I don't want to play. And, and I've been doing shit on my own. It's not. See, she's really cute here. She's this really picture cute. that they, they have pulled up. Like, hold on, let me see if that, this works. Yeah, this one right here. I mean, I don't know. She just, yeah, dude. She's really cute. I feel like I saw her live once somehow, but I don't know if that's true. And she has aged wonderfully. Yeah, yeah, she's wonderfully. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, she's probably my age, a couple years How younger than she? me. Let me look. I think she probably hit. I was twenty five. No, I was twenty five when I started comedy. So maybe she's a few years older than me. Liz Fair. God damn it! I never know how to write. Liz Fair. Just go her age. Was put up her wiki. I'm gonna guess fifty one. Coming in at, oh, she's older than you. 100% has to be older than you. Has to be, because I, I mean, I was listening to her at 23. So. 54. 54, okay. She's born in 67. All right, yeah. final question, because oh, I feel like we already answered the, well, no, I'll still ask you that last one I ask everybody. I just feel like we might have answered it. All right, what song? Wait, wait, so well, before you ask that, you have it in your head? The question? Yeah. Oh, I got two of them. These okay. are the ones I ask okay. everybody. I always wonder, like, how much of my musical taste, my movie taste, TV taste, uh, art taste and, and of any kind books are based on time and place uh, a, a um a sense memory a, 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 a whatever it's called when you like remember the past reminisce reminiscent yeah i don't know if it's reminiscence or if it's like that it's really great and i have no way to separate them anymore yeah sometimes you'll watch an old movie you haven't seen in 30 years and you're like oh this sucked i thought it was great star wars is just a bad movie yeah. um, it is it's for children it's for 10 year olds it's not the Bad storyline, bad acting, really bad acting, bad dialogue. 
Um, but of course, I remember it as this amazing film. But you go back, and if you take out that reminiscence, it's like nostalgia is the word. Nostalgia, um, yeah. Uh, if you take out the nostalgia, what does it really have? And there's almost no way to separate it. So I wonder something with this shit. I'm like, did I just like this? Because it, because it was a time of your life yeah. and where you were at and everything. Yeah, of yeah, course. And I had a friend who got into NXS recently, and I played. So I'll go back. I'll go. I'll look for records. It's a fun thing. I just got into records, and I'll if I had it when I was on tape when I was a kid. I played it on nauseum. I'd be like, oh, sweet, this one. I'd love to listen to it again on record. Um, uh, uh, um, what's the YouTube live album that I just got? Rattle and Hum. It was like, oh, I had this. I played it nonstop. Cool, yeah. I have it. Great. Uh, someone's like, we have a Japanese import. I'm like, not interested. I just, I just want to play it. <laughs> yeah. you know? I'm, it's not a collector's <laughs> item for me. Um, and so I was playing In Excess, uh, and somebody heard it and was like, what's this? I'm like, that's In Excess. was like a big band when I was young. And they were like, this is amazing. I'm like, is it? Great, because I thought so, but I can't be sure. Yeah. Um. So I'm glad you like Liz Fair. Oh, it, dude, it's I'm telling. But if I would have heard this in 1993, I wouldn't have liked it. Right. Right. I right. had to. I had to age Go into away it. From it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, dude. There's. You know, I do. 1993 is is. I'm telling you, it's me. It's 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 Pearl Jam, Nirvana, right. Soundgarden, fucking yeah. Stone Temple Pilots, and then and Wu Tang hadn't got into it, but it was like Midnight Marauders, like Tribe Called Quest was, and Public yeah. Enemy were the hip hop groups. And if this would have come into my ecosystem, I would have been like, this is terrible. Right. right I would have right, written right. this off so just before, like yeah, I did. You ever, you ever play a song? Listen to this song, and within three notes, you're like, uh, you're like, God damn it, you gotta give it the chance that I gave yeah. it. Yeah. And that just won't. And I, and that's why, but also on the first listen to this, I, I wasn't, I wasn't on board. Right. It took the third, fourth listen. And I think it was on my way back from Poughkeepsie where I was listening to it driving yeah. and it was just me and the dog. It's dark out. And it just created a mood where not only cause I'm zoning out just yeah. driving, but now I can actually hear the lyrics and understand it. Cause I'm not just walking around the city trying to make sure I don't get hit by a fucking right, city right, bike. Right, right, right. Yeah. You can hear them. Exactly. Driving is different. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good album. It's a great album. Yeah. It's a really great. I'm glad that we yeah. that this is on the list. All right, uh, two, if you like this, everybody listening, I would give Supernova, not the, not the one Super Whip Smart, a real chance because if listen to this one a few times and then listen to what she can actually do once you put a guitar in her hand. I want to hear that now. That's I'm actually curious to see where she goes. All right, what song on this record would you fuck to? Um, not fucking run. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I just I just here's the problem. I, I don't I don't ever know names of songs. So even when I'm like, I'm a big LCD sound system fan, they go, what about this? I'm like, I don't, you don't know, you know by sound. Like, Are you lying about being a fan? I'm like, no, I really love them. I've listened to the album nonstop. I don't stop and, I just never stop and read the, the title of a song. War Pigs, I know. Most other ones, I'm like, I don't, all the Led Zeppelin songs, I'm like, I don't remember which one Black Dog is. I remember I like Black Dog, but I don't remember which one Black Dog is. You don't is. know Black Dog? No, because it's not in the lyrics. It's named after a fucking dog that walked into their studio. Hey, hey, mom. That's why, that's why I knew I was associated with something I liked, but I can't. But if you if you're saying that, I'm like, what's the name of this? I'm like, I don't know. Hey, hey, mama. So now I get it. I'll remember this for a little bit. Jesus, dude, relax. But so I don't know what song I'd fuck to. I just listened to the whole album. I chose Shatter because it creates a very yeah. It's very the whole song is very down. Rudy. I like fucking to. I like fucking to. It's God also it. it's that it's remin that other song is reminiscent of 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 like grade school piano class, you know, M music class in school. Where like this isn't complicated. This yeah, record, like yeah, almost. this it's this like, record it's is like, it's like very down. 
I, that's why I'm Very curious. Simple. I want to hear where she went. I'm, I'm actually, by the rest of the day, I'm going to listen to Liz Fair and see how the music Just evolved. Just on the first song on, on, um, on, um, uh, uh, Whip Smart. Whip just, Smart. Just the first five seconds and you'll hear immediately the change. Whip Smart. Booyah. Chopsticks. Nope. Sorry. Next song. This is also, <laughs> this is also, I think. Supernova. Yeah. So now this is like 90s rock. 90s alt rock. Sounds like, that, the, sounds like the breeders. I was gonna say it sounds like you too. That wow. Uh huh. So this is what she can do. So it's interesting. She started with a very simple chopstick song and then went to this. Anyway, so go ahead. What's uh, your next question? Last question. I feel like we might have answered this, but Finalmente. does this deserve to be on the 500 greatest albums list? Uh, dude, I don't know. Here's a quote I'll give you. Yeah, take it. I think it's Mark Twain. I'm not sure. Um, comparison is the thief of joy. Anytime you're sitting there going, where does this compare to other things? You're you're not enjoying what you got. If, if you're sitting there seeing Iverson drop 44 points, you know, with, with 19 in the fourth quarter to win by two, you're like, that was amazing. Like, yeah, but I saw Jordan score 65 once. And it was like, so now I can't enjoy this fucking performance? Yeah. It's just like, it's a great album. I don't even know what else is on there. It he, reminds me of an old uh, Norm MacDonald bit where you can see both sides of something where he's like... Um, where he goes, uh, what about abortion? He goes, woman's right to choose. He goes, yes, it is a woman's right to choose. It's her body, her choice, for sure. He goes, yeah, but it's a human life. He goes, that's right. You can't take a human life away. 100%. You can't do that. Um, where it's like, I, I don't know the, uh, the rest of the albums on the 500 list. I don't know what's 500 number 501 to 600. I don't know what it's it should true. be on. Yeah. So like, oh. It's like, does, does, uh, did, did they, they got mad because Clay Thompson was left off the 50 greatest players uh, list. And I was like, yeah, well, he's great. But... Is Dominique Wilkins not on there? Isn't Dominique Wilkins better than Clay yeah. Thompson? Uh, so I, it's like, I don't know. I don't know who's the honorable mentions. I, I, it's not my, <laughs> it's not my great, jam. Nah, dude, no, great answer. Uh, promote away. Anything you want to promote? Um, yeah, I mean, I have a, uh, an album or two on Spotify. Where if you listen to that, if you're listening on uh, wherever. Or I have a podcast called Ari Shafir Skeptic Tank. And uh, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ari Shafir. I put stand up on there and I'll put some podcasts on there and uh, whatever else. <laughs> are you yeah. leaving anytime soon? Or are you going to be staying in America? Probably take off after I do my next special. I'll probably, I want to go to Cuba this year with, with Bobby Kelly. Oh God. And I think I might do a writing seminar in Paris in, in, in July. Fuck dude. I've been, I had a nice long two country, two new countries a year streak that was broken. Not this last year, the year before. Yeah. Did spend two months of that year in Ecuador, but eh, it's pretty good. It's also COVID. You know, um, but I had one, and then this last last year I got Dominican Republic and Tahiti right at the end, and this year probably I don't know, but I want to go somewhere for like a month or two. I want to go somewhere off grid. Yeah, dude, too. Leave my man. phone behind and just like really fucking get free. Well, I'm glad you were here. You were on grid, so I could get you for this. Yeah, Thank exactly. you, buddy. You're welcome. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Ari Shafir. Follow him on all social media at Ari Shafir. Listen to his podcast, Skeptic Tank, and go to AriTheGreat.com for all things Ari Schaffer. Ari, little Ari Schaffer. For shout out this week, I want to give a huge shout out to Brian Breslaw. You can find him on Instagram at Brian's. O-F-X B-R-I-A-N-S-O-F-X You rule He's a power chord enthusiast Fucking dead Fucking dean, y'all Alright For new music Oh shit 
We have a listener submitted uh, snail mail. Indie rock band from Ellicott City, Maryland that lists Liz Fair among their idols. And you're listening to the song Headlock off their 2021 record Valentine from Matador Records. And you can find links on their music for the BB Scootily Doodle at 500podcast.com. And if you want your song played at the end of the podcast, send us your song. We'll play it. Uh, next week, oh shit, we about to get Sizzad. Disintegration by The Cure. It's from 1989. Do your homework.
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Next Chapter Podcasts.